Welcome back to the Listen Up Podcast, where we analyze a new album each week. I'm Jamie, and this week we've got me, Nick, who, and Jordan. This week we're going to be taking a look at Sound and Color by the Alabama Shakes, released in 2015, and it was picked by Nick. You want to talk a little bit more about the why you chose it? Well, of course. Um, I think at the end of last week, I said that I chose it just kind of because uh, I... I uh, because you said something about it in the episode last week, and I, uh, I was having a hard time picking an album last week. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really glad that I picked it. I hadn't listened to it in a long time, and I forgot how much I enjoyed the majority of the songs. Um, yeah, it. Uh, I didn't realize that it kind of fit into a genre of music that I've come to enjoy a lot, which is kind of psychedelic southern. Yeah, uh, psychedelic southern <laughs> stuff like. Uh, I think I've said something about the Flying Burrito Brothers for the past like four podcasts. But, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, them and uh, the the whole the whole Cosmic Country playlist on on Spotify mm-hmm. is just just spectacular. But uh, yeah, uh, I kind of picked it on a whim, and I was I was glad I did. I also I do want to I want to throw in a a little fun fact. Apparently, this album was nominated. For, for best album of the year in 2016 at, at the Grammys, alongside uh, Traveler by Chris Stapleton, good album. Okay. Um, the Beauty Behind the Madness by The Weeknd. Okay. To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Oh my god. And all of those albums lost to 1989 by Taylor Swift. What? Oh, and, that makes sense. <laughs> and that's, I don't want to. I don't want to make this an anti-Swifty podcast because yeah, she has yeah, she yeah. has some catchy melodies and like some of her songs are actually pretty good and I enjoy them, but but come on I like uh, when I I learned earlier this week because I had been listening to to dissect uh, and I googled some stuff about To Pimp a Butterfly I learned that To Pimp a Butterfly lost its best album of the year nomination to to 1989. And I was like, "Are you kidding?" Which already is kind of nuts. Yeah, and then but the fact and that then I re- Traveler, <laughs> Sounding Color, and T Pab lost tonight. Like Be Bad and the Maddest, I could kind of see that. Mm-hmm. But like those three, I, I mean, T Pab won a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> music doesn't just do that. I mean, music is pretty subjective too, but it definitely like I don't know. It is subjective. And it is my subjective opinion that 1989 <laughs> should not have won that year. <laughs> that there were that there were there were plenty of other albums that were that were better in my eyes. But yeah, I mean, I think this album debuted at number one when it debuted. Really? Yeah. Now, if "Shake It Off" is on that album. I can't remember if it That's is true. or not. Then I think I it totally is. see. I would totally see why the, it, it won. Yeah, uh, I know. First place. I know. Blank Space is on that album. And that, that, oh, that's, that's a good that song. is a pretty good song. Also. And now imagine it, but still, no. like, but still, we that's got kind of nuts. Honestly, yeah. Wait, I don't even know. All right, from T-Bap, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. 
Dude, all right. These walls. These walls I, is is you. a spectacular song. It is. There's. Um, I haven't heard it. Bruh. Wesley's theory. God, there's that album is full of hits. How much a dollar cost? That's a great song. That was. I think that that was Obama's favorite song the year that it came out. Yeah. Oh, dang. The Black of the Berry. Yeah, I was gonna say that. One that's too. a that's a good song. It's a hard song. I didn't realize how much I. Uh, you said DNA is your favorite song off Damn, right, Jamie? Yup. That I didn't realize how hard that song went until I listened to it the other day. And the, Doesn't it? The, that song goes hard as hell. Yeah, and I, I didn't know that um, the outro of Blood, the first song on the album, yeah. is where uh, they play the clip of of the Fox News reporter like saying something. Tucker about, Carlson. Uh, was it? It was him, or it was, was it Tucker Carlson, or was Geraldo? I think it was Geraldo Rivera who says like. This is what no he says. Uh, he quotes Lamar, and he says like, he he quotes the song, and then he says a little something after, and then they go into the intro of DNA. I thought that was at the beginning of DNA, and I just started DNA the nah, other day. That's at the end of blood. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just started DNA the other day, and I was like, oh, I have to, I have to hear the, the news intro thing, and then I went and listened to blood first, and then, yeah. in the bridge that's when it goes actually. into the, when it samples that same interview and it says stuff about hip-hop damaging like like young black culture more than the police have or something yeah. i was like what, pretty what? Sure he says then racism <laughs> yeah he yeah racism yeah yeah more too. yeah he says hip-hop has nice, done dude. Nice. has done more to damage <laughs> like black youth than racism has i was like what huh? what <laughs> like uh <laughs> Yeah, excellent album. I damn, twenty sixteen had some good, good albums come out on that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Also, Trap Queen, Fetty Wap's album came out that year too. Legendary. Gotcha. Why? Why was it not yeah. on the bill for best album of the year? You know, dude. That's kind I of don't know. Nuts. Man. That's I don't know. Wow. All right. Um, I guess back on <laughs> back on <laughs> back, back on, on this track. topic. Um, Jordan, had you ever had? Did you recognize anything off of this? I don't think so. Sounding okay. color was used in an iPad Pro commercial in 2015. Ugh, I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't so think so. The Apple fanboy looks like you're a fake fan. <laughs> Yo, chill, Wait, chill, what, chill. What song was used in an Apple ad? Sounding color. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah, that song was. I'm pretty sure that was like the first place I heard it. Gotcha. And then don't want to fight. I heard it somewhere else, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> what is? This? I think. I think. I can't remember if it was the first time I heard Don't Want to Fight, but I remember one of the most significant times I heard it was, I think they played it on, at the Grammys. And that song won two Grammys, I think. Like, it was, Good. It, that song deserves every award it could ever <laughs> I think it won Best Rock Performance, and maybe it was just like Best Rock Record or something. I forget what the mm-hmm. clarification between the two categories was, but I know that song independently won two Grammys. And, uh, Excellent song. Yeah, and um, it wasn't the first time I heard "Sound and Color," but I I recognized it. It uh, it plays in the season finale of season one of Mr. Robot, the show. Mm-hmm. And I I heard it and I was like, "Hey, I know this." Well, it was it was cool. <laughs> gotcha. One of those little aha moments. Yeah, I um. So this was a this was a fresh listen for you, Jordan. 
Yes, a hundred percent. What do you think? I see. I I I enjoyed it again more than I thought I would. I I guess I, I think I'm coming in with too low expectations now just because <laughs> I'm like, like I honestly think I am because I'm like, I'm like, oh, this or, isn't rap. I'm gonna hate this album. Just like, kind of like you're growing as a musicalist. I know. Maybe may, maybe I am. You know. Maybe that's hard to admit because I want to hold on to my my rap forever. But go up the past. I can't, Jamie. No, <laughs> no, but it was actually, just the past. I just liked. I liked a lot of this. Yeah, I liked. I liked a lot of like the, the sound of it. Again, it was still like, it was very instrument. Instrument, not like I don't. Okay, I I don't know how to use specific words, but it was like instrumental, where you could like hear the instruments. Yeah, like, it is very, very um, like instrumentation scenery yeah it feels it feels instrumentally significant to me in the sense that Mm -hmm. you you don't you definitely don't hear stuff like this all the time and right like this is music that could inspire other music in in my eyes yeah yeah nick i I, I was gonna ask you a question what like what part of it makes it like a little psychedelic is like the way they play the instruments or do they add in some like editing and like some uh like post stuff that maybe makes it like that it's kind of the i, I nick if, if, you, if you don't mind me feeling this one, <laughs> uh, i would say that it's a little bit of both like it kind of um the way that there's a lot of like some chimes in the background and uh-huh. how there's a lot of room for like the guitar and bass to like build up this landscape to me that that that's the kind of stuff that to me makes stuff a little bit more psychedelic um like especially like the best example i can think of is i mean it's a little heavy-handed but it's gemini Mm -hmm. off of this album that's like super like even the kind of even the even the songwriting yeah the the lyrical content of that one is is psychedelic in the sense that it's about like two people born on a foreign planet and um, there's kind of a little bit of like cryptic abstract language to it. And uh, the, the parallelism between, I'm pretty sure it's just two verses in the song. And, it is. Yeah. And the two verses parallel each other in their themes and their structure. But they're, mm-hmm. um, they're about kind of like the rise and fall of, of a relationship. And uh, I think that parallelism kind of adds to that that feeling of of kind of like a a, a meta-ness almost almost if that makes any sense like a, a meta feeling meta-ness <laughs> yes yeah it's it's a very meta-ness song i was kidding meta-ness you say wait like, what, what did you say you said meta like a t- like a meta-ish feeling oh meta-ish yeah. sorry i heard it yeah. I, I said meta-ness but that doesn't like oh okay it doesn't it sounds meta-ness. weird but um I got you, my it, bad. Guys, hold on. Quick update. I'm pretty sure that they gave me seven tinders in my five tinder box. Yes, sir. <laughs> Let's go. We, we got to keep that in the box. Oh, that's standard. Just so everyone knows. <laughs> Jamie got seven yeah, so tinders. That's like... Right. But yeah, so that's that's kind of like some elements of like psychedelic music. Um, yeah. And, Jordan. Okay. And, and that... As time goes on, I'm sure that we'll select more. You can... You, you'll be exposed more okay um but yeah like so i've i've always read like this is one of my favorite albums of all time 
Um, okay. Like when I first heard it, I liked it. And then that has only increased in like the what five years since this is like, um, like the five years since then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably my first experience with like some more psychedelic kind of music, apart from like a lot of Jamie's work from like listening to just my dad's library. Um, but yeah, I love the intros to the songs, the musical intros, and the riffs throughout the entire album. They're so like funky and have so much like swagger in them. Yeah, they have a lot of like beats. Don't want to like... fight and future people. Yeah, I love those. I love those riffs. Um, yeah, man, this album. I just I have I literally I took two pages of notes, so I'll probably Once try again. to hold off a little bit and see what oh. y'all touch on. But I literally I wrote something down for every single song. <laughs> Dang. Okay, I did not see that, but I think I I might have. I don't I don't know specifically if I wrote something down for every single song, but it's I I wrote a lot for this one, probably as much as I did for Igor, maybe a little more. I didn't even want to. It was like I was just writing them, and I accidentally I was gonna like some of the ones that I think are kind of okay. I wasn't gonna say anything, and then I just <laughs> I wound up. I was like, I gotta say this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cute. And. Uh, I, I do yeah, want to say this is an album that I cherish. Yeah, if if anyone is listening to this and they didn't listen to the album yet, then you should definitely like one hundred percent listen to it with two headphones in because it sounds like like don't want to fight in Gemini specifically. You can this is a very stereo. Album. Yeah, you can really hear the stereo sound, but no, like uh, it's it almost I can't really describe the. I don't know, like the, the the feeling of I feel like I just enjoyed it more listening to it in that kind of isolated way rather than just playing it for my Bluetooth speaker because I was playing it for my Bluetooth speaker before the pod just before we recorded and I I, yeah. I was enjoying it but I, I realized when I was taking notes on it the other day I just that it it kind of reminded me how much I I loved the album when I first heard it and really dug into gotcha. it and stuff. Yeah, it, it is a very it is a very stereo heavy. Oh yes, album. Um, yeah. So do you guys want to? You guys want to dive into the little specific boys? <laughs> yeah, the specific um, boy. One of y'all can go first, and I'll see if y'all cover. Nick, I'm gonna let you go. First. Okay. <laughs> you. I was uh, I watched the. Uh, it was a. Uh, I think it's the official video for "Don't Want to Fight," but it's a. It's like a live performance of it. It's not an actual. Is it? Is it them in a studio? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I I am familiar. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched that video, and the the top comment for it was, someone said that Brittany Howard, the lead singer, said that she sounded like the daughter of Aretha Franklin and Steven Tyler, and I was like, I can kind of see that, like, mm-hmm. in the, in the way that she carries herself and uh the the influences that they have i can kind of see some aretha franklin in that but also the, the way that she sings and like the way her mouth moves and like the the, the screams she lets out and stuff that's very steven tyler-esque yeah i just i, I thought that was that that was funny when i read it and simultaneously almost insightful at how accurate it was <laughs> but um I think one of my favorite songs on the album has always been and still is the intro with Sound and Color. 
Yeah, it's that was a good song. yeah, it's it's just it, it's got a it's got a nice cosmic feel to it, a nice atmospheric aura that it creates. And this it, is a very good opening track. Yeah, yeah. and it I like the harmonizing it too. <laughs> and the I love harmony. Love harmony. I can I can. And I, I, Sorry, sorry. I I can only imagine like people who people who love their first album, when they when they turn this album on, I'm sure they were like, wait, is this the right band? Because <laughs> the their first album was mm-hmm. was kind of it was definitely much more just straight up southern rock almost or like a, not really southern rock, similar to southern rock. But I don't know what yeah. what would you classify it as, Jamie? I mean, it's like it's a little bit of bluesy, a little bit yeah. of southern, a little bit of rock. Uh-huh. It's like I don't know because it's it, it's good. It's a good album. Yeah, because it's not like it's not like Leonard Skinner or like uh right. like CCR. Well, I think I think this would be more reminiscent of um, kind of a, a newer version of southern rock, like not necessarily still the era of the southern jam bands, which was that, but like kind of like a newer. One. Uh huh. I did see. I think it was on Genius that um that the the album did debut pretty high for for being like a guitar driven band. Like they okay. like it like some critics said they had like hope that that rock would be like revived after this album came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because this was I mean. This is definitely getting back into more of the roots of that kind of like genres. I think uh, I think technically it's like blues roots rock. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's a good way to be say. A, uh, would be what it is on Spotify. I think it's on like the blues roots rock playlist or something. <laughs> I wonder, but yeah, uh, if they ever. And then this one is just a very. It's a departure, I will say. That. Yeah, uh, and I I really like the the direction they took. It was yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a chance the, uh, for sure. Who produces Blake Mills? Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Didn't he? This is kind of the stuff he does, right? Yeah. He. Um. I think the other the the other biggest album he's probably produced was a John Legend album, and it didn't have any like huge hits on it. John Legend is just a big name. Not any huge hits that I know of, but uh, he also produced um, Dawes, the band that I really like. He produced their second newest album and it ha- it has kind of like interesting just unconventional guitar tones within it a lot like this album and uh and that's kind of like blake mills is oh, uh, do it yeah penthouse floor is probably the biggest one off that album yeah mm-hmm. i know that song there's a there's a song with britney howard on that album too yeah the title track Oh really? <laughs> I'll have to check that out. I hadn't listened to oh, it in a long time. But uh but yeah, it, it seems like most things that, that Blake Mills touches I enjoy. And they um uh-huh. they they all have that a, a signature guitar centered sound usually or like an interesting guitar sound on the majority yeah. of their their tracks. And his Dude, keep it up, man. Yeah. His just a Wait, sorry, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say his his. I've listened to his two newest albums, not any of his older stuff. But Blake Mills, his solo stuff is pretty good, and uh, that's in in anything that I read about him, 
everyone always praises him for his guitar skills. They're, they say like he's like just a, like a virtuoso. Like he's like amazing. He's a he he's a producer, and he he also I know he used to do a lot of session guitar work, and he he might still. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. I got you. I got you. Yeah. I was gonna say, okay, wait, 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 real quick. I was just gonna say, um, I started to not just look up like artists, but also like in rap. There's a lot of people who make beats, yeah, yeah. also, mm-hmm. right? And like they have a bunch. Like producers are starting to have taglines because before you'd listen to a song and you'd only know the artist. You're like, wow, that song's really good, and then you'd be like, like honestly, the beat makers kind of flew under the radar for like a really, really long time because yeah. like. It you just don't like it's it's the lyrics that make you know it's the people who sings it who makes it you know famous mm-hmm. right. kind of sorry not that's that's what they like people can't sing along to like just a beat you <laughs> yeah. know and that's why right. that's why they fall so I've been like trying to follow a lot of like the people who have like well they're they're putting taglines in their beats now like at the beginning of songs so you like you're like oh this is this guy who made it or this girl who made it but I'm trying to like follow more of them too like you said Nick I I just wanted to say that because I'm like. Like it's just not just the artist anymore, but it's also people who like produce and make the whole entire song because there's so much more that goes to into a song that I know now than what I did before. I was just like, oh yeah, someone just sings, you know. But I I, I thought it was a very like solo endeavor, but it's like not like that at all. Yeah, with with like with pop music and popular music in general, it's it's crazy when you look at the credits behind songs, like mm. how many people it takes to make just one song. I know. Some of them aren't even complicated songs. <laughs> no. But um. But yeah, real quick before we before we move on to another song, I wanted to say like specifically in sounding color, one of my favorite sections is um where like the strings kind of come in. With me, in my mind. sections and then it kind of adds it seems like it adds a little bit of like chaos mm-hmm. to the track um and then that chaos builds up in the part where every second line is like the repeated and harmonized sound and color until there's like the resolution of the song I think I think you mentioned you really like that harmony part, Jordan. So I just yeah, wanted to I kind do. of touch on that again. I really like from where the strings come in all the way up until there. That's probably my favorite part of the song. It's 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 pretty good. I like it a lot. Yeah, I had, there's a lot of harmony on this album. Yeah, uh-huh. 
Probably why I liked it a lot too, honestly. There's like yeah. trends in certain albums and music that I like, and harmony is definitely one of them. Like choir, like anything with like a choir in it, mm-hmm. I I usually like it like a lot. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's something you've said. Yeah, definitely over like a ana- past analysis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I definitely the harmony. Goes. I just love the the sound and the feeling of the song so much mm-hmm. that I. I, I knew the majority of the words, but I had never really pieced together or like honestly even like read them or understood what they meant. And when I yeah when I read them before, um, when I read them when I was looking over the album and stuff, I didn't know. It, it makes sense now that I pieced it together, but it, it's it's about like an astronaut waking up from like a, a like a cryo sleep or something like that. Or basically, like a hibernation on a journey to a to a new planet, and that's it's in in a literal sense that's what the lyrics are about. But you can also kind of make it more abstract about uh, just new new beginnings and having a nervous excitement for for something that that's coming up in your life that's that's new that you that you've never done before, and I. I thought it was kind of interesting to that. That's the first, that's the first song on the album, and they're they're pre- right. they're presenting this new new ish sound to their to their fans and the people who already knew their music. So it's you can you can frame it in that light, and you can also frame it in in the the light of the the astronaut who's who's coming to the, the new planet. It's cool, cool um, stuff. Yeah, I mean, next track up, I I just absolutely love "Don't Wanna Fight." Mm-hmm. Um, it's especially like the chorus lines. They just they ooze like just the feelings of desperation and frustration that like are all just coming to a head mm-hmm. especially like the last section of the song um but yeah man one of my one of my favorite that's one of my favorite riffs is the yeah And it's really fun to play. I mean, because it's really it's really simple. Um, it's a good one to play. Um, but yeah, and then I really like specifically like verse wise. I really like the second verse. Um, I take from my hand, put in your hands the fruit of all my grief. Well, lying down ain't easy when everyone needs pleasing. I can't get no relief. Living ain't no fun. The constant dedication keeping the water and power on. There ain't no money left. Why can't I catch my breath? I'm gonna work myself to death. Take from my hands, put in your hands the fruit of all my grief. Lying down ain't easy, and everyone needs pleasing. I can't get no relief. Living ain't no fun. 
It's just such a such a good verse, like lyrically the like rhythm of putting it together, especially with the music, and then it goes into the chorus right after that. Mm. It's, that song is a it's a delicious cake. <laughs> it's I'll eat every morsel. It's funny that we just talked about <clears throat> like how uh, how many people can be credited on a song, and mm-hmm. I'm on Genius right now, so it's not like the source credits. But there's right. there's oh, yeah. literally like one person in every category for there's it's it's uh, written by and then just just Brittany Howard the lead singer and then mm-hmm. there's there's credits for all the instruments and stuff but it's not it's only written by one person and then like every category has one person it's just it's just fun but it it's also yeah. it's coincidental and uh, helps reinforce what we said last week where we, how we were talking about repetition is so simple, but so strong. So strong. Yeah. After that second chorus or after that second verse, it's just the chorus again, which is just, I don't want to fight no more over and over. And then there's a guitar solo. And then it's just, I don't want to fight no more for the rest of the song until it goes off. Yeah. And the solo is actually really good. In the song. Yeah. All the solos on this album are good. Mm-hmm. She's, she's an excellent vocalist songwriter and just like kills it on the solo. Mm-hmm. It, there's her and another lead guitarist. I can never remember his name. Um, but yeah, the solos throughout this album are just so like, so tight. Um, <laughs> sorry. That was, I, 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 sorry, no, you I had something else demanded my attention. Um, but yeah, I uh, Jesus, what was this? Oh yeah, the solos are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, That's probably wait, Jordan. So Jordan, what did you think of the uh, the scream at the start of "Don't Want to Fight"? How did you like that? The scream. Yeah, when she goes. <laughs> okay. <There's> a... <laughs> I know there's a couple times on this album that like it threw me off a little bit. I think mm-hmm. I, I I I couldn't remember exactly what it was, but th- this is definitely one of them. Yeah. And then so I'll, I'll talk about this too. But also the tone shift. Like I was just listening to this, and like at like I was just listening to it. And it's very like mellow. And then I listened to like I was listening to like the background. The greatest. <laughs> it comes in like those like hard kind of like guitar shredding a little bit yeah and i was like what song is this and so like i went and looked i was like this does not like it, it like i was kind of just flowing with the music and then it was kind of like a jagged bump in like the it, listening experience it's definitely the most like i don't know it, it's quite a contrast to, especially the two that are before it this feeling and this yeah mood. yeah i was just it's like, like hmm, yeah and then it just goes <laughs> or like out. Like I could, I could yeah. hear the difference in the music, and I was like, "Why do you want to do it now?" Yeah, but that's um. I know. Yeah, I was just saying. Wait, sorry. But I really, speaking of the greatest, I really like where around, I think it's around like the first minute where the music cuts 
and then it comes back in, but it's got like a completely different yes. rhythm and like feeling to mm-hmm. it. It's almost like it goes not like quite half time, but like two thirds time what it originally was. Yeah, I really like that. And maybe it gets more into like that melody of. Ah, no, nah, it it definitely it definitely keeps like the the hard. It still has again. the same energy, but it's not yeah. it's not quite as um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just blistering is that first part. Like I don't <clears> know why I don't know what you do to music to make it like. Cause like it's it's I mean that was about to sound like super ignorant. I was gonna be like, yeah, I mean it's just a guitar. How many sounds can you play on it? You know, like. But I know that's not. I know there's a bunch of different. Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimi Hendrix are shaking their heads. I know, dude. <laughs> and I felt you know, so Pomerello, The Edge. Dude, I felt like so stupid about to say that. Bro. that I mean, like, and that's and that's kind of the beauty of the instrument, you know. Yeah. I'm just, you can, I, like, I could fret one chord and play it ten different ways and get ten different sounds out of it, you know? Yeah, I know. And it's, I was That's like, the fun part. And I guess the, the way you strum it, too, I mean, you can do, like, light strums, or you can, you know, mm-hmm. go. Or, like, use your fingers versus a pick and stuff. Yeah. And, like, um. Dummy on it. This feeling, like, where it's, like, doom, doom, doom. The reason that sounds so light is she plays that by she doesn't even pick the string she taps it with her index finger. Oh really? What? And she ta- yeah she taps she yeah because when I when I first tried to learn when I first learned that song I was like huh and I watched a video and you and she's just like tapping on it and I'm like oh my god I can do that and so yeah that's like, that unlocks like a whole another avenue of like sound experimentalism. Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't even be able to. I feel like you wouldn't even be able to hear the noise if I just tapped on a. I mean, they probably have good microphones too, but it's just. Just tapping on a string, it doesn't seem like... Yeah, well, I mean, you can... So the strings, they're actually in very high tension. Um, so depending on how hard you tap them, you can get a decent amount of sound. But they're also... That's on an electric, so... Yeah, if you... Yeah, true, true. It just goes right into... The I was going to say, if it's on an electric and you you up the volume a lot, you can probably hear, like, really any yeah. any like sort of touching on the, on the strings whatsoever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, the, doesn't it get, like... If you put it up too high, doesn't, like the sound start distorting a little bit i mean yeah stuff. but yeah but, but that's also maybe it's minimal enough. the last like five decades harnessing like distortion yeah so you know i like i mean you got at the, at the base root like the first pedal anyone ever gets is some sort of distortion pedal because that's like that's how you get that blues and rock and roll sound true 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 i mean all the way back the, the first one of the first recorded examples is of distortion was um the kinks um you really got me and that was from 
one of the brothers in the band had gotten like annoyed at the other one and took a knife to his speaker cone and it just made that sound and they're like yo this is kind of cool <laughs> you've got can't get no satisfaction where you hear another bit of it with keith richards playing with some distortion what it's fascinating guy. honestly um but yeah it's and that's that's one of the cool things about britney's playing is it i mean she she plays with so many different styles and techniques that it's like every song is like a little bit different it's awesome wait so is it like sorry is britney the guitarist she, okay so she plays guitar and sings and then there's another guitarist a bassist and a drummer okay so there's two guitars but only four like core people they also have like you know the backup like harmony singers yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that wait so but sorry yeah. did you say someone else sings or only she sings She's the only one that sings, apart from, like, the backing vocals. Okay, okay. I could have sworn I heard some male vocals, but... Well, I mean, th- they do, like, th- they'll do that in, like, the backing vocals, but they don't do, like, all the all the lead vocals, that's all her. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe, maybe I just didn't remember it. No, wrong. no, you, but but that does bring a good point. Her her voice, it, it, it tiptoes the line between sounding somewhat like a woman and, like, also, like, a typically, like, man, quote-unquote, manlier voice, and so it... Yeah that's also a really cool thing she does where she like plays around with the vocal spectrum a lot as well that's that's another one of the really cool things about just her as a musician yeah i uh i got you for probably the first year that i listened to them in high school mm-hmm. i i didn't know that uh, i thought it was a guy singing and then someone said something about like her singing and i was like it's it's a woman singing that's that's insane i think it might have been me i kind of remember <laughs> that happening <laughs> But yeah. That's really I think uh, I think you, me, and uh, and Samantha are probably the only people that listen yeah, to them. Yeah. yeah. She saw them in concert though. I, I know. Wow. I know, man. And yeah, I'm still jealous of that. Um <laughs> Yeah, I guess if we, you know, bang out the next track. Um it's, uh, Dunes. Oh yeah, Dunes is really cool. Dunes, yeah. I like I like the imagery of the lyrics, especially the first verse. Somewhere over the dunes, love, I walk, I wear enough. I turn a desert into sea, baby. I swing from the tip of this. Like the the whole imagery of, um, like walking alone in the desert because you feel so isolated, but then like you weep so much that you turn it into a seabed because you're so sad about being alone. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Um, the bridge of the song is really good. I'll, I'll cut that in for sure because that that's like I love. I think that's my favorite part of the song is the bridge in that one. But I also like the um, like the the two line pre chorus. I guess it'd be a pre-chorus, but it, like the first one is. Um, I don't know whose problem it is. I don't know whose love to give. And then when it is brought back up later on in the song, it's now escalated to. 
losing it, and then she just and then he just says losing it for the rest of the song, and it's like you, like you go from the beginning where you're isolated and you feel kind of bad, but then like by the end of it, you've escalated in another verse and chorus to the level of like just utter like spiraling out of control with like the losing <laughs> it part because then the music kind of breaks down towards the end of it too. Um, yeah, it's such a cool like sonic like painting throughout that album or that song in particular but also the album um, I love the intro riff to Future People What is a riff? Also, just I'm trying to listen to my. Um, a riff is like, like a repeated series of notes, and you can also hear the phrase "lick" as well. But typically, a riff is like, if you think of a song, and it's a guitar-heavy song, and you think like a specific set of like notes played in a pattern, that's probably the riff is what gets stuck in your head, and by okay. typical definition. A riff is comprised of different licks, especially when you look at like blues and rock. <laughs> but like, uh, like a like a riff for "I Can't Get No Satisfaction" would be the bound That's like a guitar riff. Okay. And so in in this one, that's the beginning part where it's um. And that that's okay. really fun to play too. Once you like can get it up to speed. That's a problem. Okay. Um, yeah, I also really like the the heavy fuzz on. I, I'm pretty sure it's a guitar. It could be a pretty high octave on a bass, but I'm pretty sure it's a guitar. Like in the in the chorus, but it just comes. Yeah. yeah. comes in like right before the chorus and then throughout the chorus out of nowhere but it's just like suddenly nothing and then just like boom it's in your face just heavy saturated fuzz i got you yeah i dig that part a lot too yeah i i noted that down as well because i Mm -hmm. that's that's one of those sounds that you hear and you're like it toes the line between guitar and bass you're like wait what how do they how do they do what instruments you like turn your ear a little bit and you're like Hmm. Is that the one that kind of sounds bass boosted a little bit? Yeah, and that's why that's why I'm saying I'm not sure if it's a high octave on the bassist or if it's like okay, okay. on the low E string on a guitar. Yeah. But whatever it is, it it rocks. Um, yeah from from the beginning to the end of the song, I absolutely love "Give Me All Your Love." <laughs> okay, that's it's such an excellent song. Like. Most notably, I really like the intro. I really like the like sudden crescendoing in the chorus and throughout the chorus, like where it goes from a pretty sparse track to then just like. Just a little while. 
boom, and then a chorus line, and then another boom. I okay. really like that. Um, this kind of the the part of the the music before the solo, how it just starts like really really bare bones, and then the energy just builds and builds and builds and builds. Mm-hmm. And then I love that solo. Yeah, that solo is really excellent good. solo. Such a good release, and and that's a really that's a good one because it's fairly simple to play on a guitar, but it just feels so cool <laughs> playing it. And then oh my god, during that solo, like the guitar parts are awesome, but also the the organ that they have mm-hmm. backing that solo is just killer. Like you hear it a little bit on the start of the album up until this point, but that organ like is just it goes insane during that solo in the background. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, uh, yeah. I have a vivid memory from high school listening to that song driving on Stratford Road going to uh, Dude, that song will make you be like damn, I should be driving like 85. <laughs> I love hyper-realistic memories. Yeah, yeah. It, it It is one of those things where you, you hear it and you're like, whoa, like I, I feel like I'm there again. Like For some reason yeah. I think I was that that solo was in the process of building and it had been a while since I'd heard the song, and I, I realized how much I how much I really loved it. And I was I was on the way to um, to Edward McKay to look for something. I can't remember what, but my brother yeah. my brother was in the car, and I'm pretty sure after we stopped, I asked him about it, like about the song or like that, or he in or like he he just remarked about like. Not knowing why I like the song so much or something, but I, uh-huh. uh, I, I just like it. But it was it was just funny because I I remember like in that moment feeling so enamored by the song and the the instrumentation of the solo because the solo is it's it's yeah it's so good yeah it is such and an the song's excellent the song's excellent. overall instrumentation like you were talking about is just is just so contrasting and mm-hmm. just just weird you don't hear stuff like that all the time that that's yeah. that's quiet and then within the same song just instantly so explosively loud 
that's just yeah there's there's a lot of excellent dynamics in that with with crescendos just out of nowhere going from like nothing to like fortissimo out of nowhere to what <sighs> fortissimo so forte is like fortissimo. louder and then fortissimo is like louder louder and then fortissimo is louder 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 okay Oh, that's some that's some if you if you look on a, a sheet of music like a, a a staff paper of music and you see like you see like piano and then nothing and then like forte so like nothing's regular and the piano's like softer you can get pianissimo pianissimo it's what did you just say it's it's <laughs> penis it's a uh yeah that's some <laughs> that's some reading music for you um <laughs> god i haven't done that since high school um yeah this feeling gives me like mega like sitting on the dock of the bay vibe <laughs> which is another masterpiece of the song but it is great it i mean it just feels like you're just chilling like sitting outside on a porch just hanging out just like the CDG, just boom, 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 boom. You can just sit there and ride that beat all damn afternoon. <laughs> That's a Sunday afternoon song. Yeah, I feel that, and I also feel, to me, this the song feels like when when you reach that point of of self awareness and and uh, I don't know. The song might not even be specifically about a relationship but that's just always what i tied it to because it seems like it could just be about a general feeling of contentment and being happy where you are Mm -hmm. but uh to me i always interpreted it as like coming to terms with um the current situation you're in realizing how much you enjoy it and how like how strongly you want it to last and that uh, yeah i mean the pre-chorus the pre-chorus is see i've been having me a real hard time but it feels so nice to know i'm gonna be all right like it's just it's such a like a little bit different (laughs) feeling than all right i was joking i was Um, doing my bad but it is it is just a very it's a very calming song for sure i mean the the last chorus of the song is Please don't take this feeling I found at last. Please don't take my feeling I found at last. Yeah, if I wanted to, I'd be all right. Now, if I wanted to, I'd be all right. And that's like the end of the track. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a like, just chilling song. Just just content, hanging out in the sunshine. Easy breeze blowing. Um, yeah, I think that... Uh, I mean, and see, I like that song, but I honestly, I think if, like, I think that one and Guess Who might be my two least favorite songs on the album. And and that's not to say that, like... Wait, which one? Sorry, Jamie? That one and Guess Who, the one that's right after it. And that's not okay. to say that, like, they're bad songs by any stretch of the imagination. Like, they're still good songs. It's just, like, when I think of all 12 tracks, that's, like, my least favorite sixth of the album. The middle. I kind of, I, I kind of like Guess Who a little bit because I think I like higher pitched guitars, um, just because a lot of singers sometimes, or like, I guess the I guess the closest thing I can relate it to is like 
devil in a new dress. You know how the guitar playing is usually like in a very high like. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I mean, like, well, because well, when you're like when you're soloing on stuff like that, you play on like the G and B and high E strings almost. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of like in that upper register. But I'm saying like in guess yeah in guess who it's kind of I feel like it's in that register a little bit right. Yeah, yeah, I I would definitely say so. Okay, okay. I just don't want to be like making wrong assumptions here, but uh, that's that's why I kind of like that one. And I've liked even. Again, it's not like actual instruments and raps, but like when the pitch is just really high, it kind of has like a high beat to it too. Um, I know there was a, it's called, it's either called Last Name or Slave Name featuring Aunt Clemens. It was like, mm-hmm. it, was, it, it was that leaked song that I, I, don't, I don't know if I shared it with you guys, but they have like this high pitch in the, this high pitch like beat in the background the whole time or chord or whatever yeah you want to call it they have it's, it's just in the background i don't know i just kind of like that i kind of dig that guitar style more than just like you know the the regular kind of i got you dude you should listen to some uh metal well see i don't think <laughs> metal doesn't play that high though metal plays like the lower like sounds yeah like, like, it, it, it sounds. depends on the metal yeah that's but yeah I, I got you um but that's why i kind of like i kind of liked guess who a little Right. Probably I mean, and, and like I said, like I don't not like the songs. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. when I'm thinking in the general context of the whole album. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I bet you really like you. the um the harmonies and the hook. Yeah, where it yeah, says yeah, all yeah. I really want is peace of mind. The harmonies in that part are excellent. <laughs> do like i did harmonies mm-hmm. like it like they might be one of my favorite it might be my favorite actually like musical, musical element uh, yeah i think it is i mean it's a good one i mean it's that's why it's something that especially when it's like a really good harmony yeah like it's just you can't help but just like it catches your ear and you're like Ooh. yeah, yeah oh, like by like, the way the, like the other right guitarist name is heath fog with two g's that's a pretty oh, baller name, honestly. That's a cool name. You say Keith or Heath? Heath. Like the Heath bar. Oh, I got you, I got you. Bassist Zach Cockerell and drummer Steve Johnson. Oh, that's who. Okay, so I've been seeing on a lot of these you see, like, produced by Blake Mills and Steve Johnson. That's a drummer. Okay, all right. Um, oh, but Heath Fogg, he helped produce. Oh, they all produced this song. What? <laughs> okay. I'm not sure about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and like you know, I like the song. No, oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to like. Right, no, 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 I got come you. at you there. <laughs> no, 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 you're good, you're good. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's the beauty of the music. Um, yeah, I mean, and and I like the energy that the greatest brings. I like the contrast it has. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really just the part I talked about earlier. Just I so dig that like it's like a beat switch, but. In this genre of music, I guess. Um, I like shoegaze. I like the feeling of it. I like how it's another like a really laid back one, but it's like a different kind of laid back. Yeah. Than, um. Than this feeling is like this feeling's like super like laid back, but shoegaze it's like you're just kind of like I don't know. 
You're just chilling. But like you're walking around instead of just sitting on a patio, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that probably makes no sense. Uh, I, I kind of get what you in my head. It, um, yeah, yeah. Shoegaze is like a, a genre of indie music, right? Right, yeah. It's like a. Yeah, it, it is. I don't really know I, how to describe on, see, it, but. I'll see if I can get. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a genre of alt rock, or quote unquote indie. Uh, known as shoegazing, characterized by heavy use of effect pedals, feedback, and introspective lyrics. So, like, you know, if you're introspective, you're like the kid staring in your shoes. If you use a lot of effect pedals, you gotta, like, stare at your pedal board, so. Gotcha. Shoegazing. I kind of get that. Using feedback, that typically requires you to, like, really watch your volume knob to make sure you can, like, cut the volume if it starts to get a positive feedback leak. True. Yeah. Don't want that. Uh, but yeah, shoegaze was always one of my, uh, one of my. It, it was. It's always been one of my favorite songs on the album. And honestly, I don't. I cannot say or begin to place a reason why, but I expect that, and I don't know. Why. <laughs> <laughs> I really maybe. I, I mean, it gives me a little bit of like mechanical bull vibe. Some of the songs on uh-huh. there, a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know why. I just I was like, I bet this is Nick's favorite song, and I really don't know why. <laughs> it um, I don't think it's my favorite song, but it was. It, it's one of my favorite songs on the album, up there with "Sound and Color" and "Don't Want to Fight," and mm-hmm. probably probably over my head too. I really like that song and this feeling. I don't know. I like like all the songs on that, but uh, <laughs> I think the guitar's song? too heavy for me and shoegaze. Oh, really? Really? I I th- I, th- I think it's a little too heavy for me. That's why I don't. I gotcha. Like it as much, but it sounds too. It sounds a little on the more countryer side too. Than some yeah, of these songs. I yeah, I can see that. It's it's definitely like a like a brighter sound. definitely would lean into more of the like the country or <laughs> I, I, uh, I like the th- I really like the second verse I, I was just about to say I really like the third verse <laughs> oh, yeah, what's yeah. the All right, here, oh I really I, like the I really like the first version <laughs> oh, oh where... um, verse two it's uh, let's go make memories precious and temporary of all the people I meet I want to take you out with me let's go make Yeah, and, I like yeah, it. and the third verse is Jesus is waiting on me, just as he always does. Something'll be coming up, just like it always okay. does. Jesus is waiting on me. Just as he always does. Something'll be coming up. Just like it always does. Yeah. 
like it. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like it's like a song about being like just kind of content with what's going on, right? That's that's like the feeling I got from it. Yeah, uh, when I read the um, when I read the verses and the like, the chorus the chorus is "It ain't no fun to be lonely," but I is it? Yeah, but I was not too lonely, and I begin to realize, hey, I can't have everything. Why can't I? And it's just it's kind of like an internal back and forth, but yeah, it, it's also like when when you hear her sing it, the the I can't have everything sounds more significant i guess than the other lines and it sounds it yeah. sounds like she she realizes like hey I, I can't have everything like i'm I'm good where i'm at kind of thing yeah but I but yeah I, I just like the yeah the general the the vibe the song's got good vibes and it, it's cool at the end i like i like how she switches up the course with i can't have everything why can't i why can't i or do yeah. i why can't i Oh, do I? What can I? Oh, do I? Like, as in, like, why can't I have everything? And then it's like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Maybe, like, I already do. Like, my friends and family that I'm, like, you know, making memories with and stuff like that. Maybe it's like, oh, maybe that's what, like, everything is. Yeah. Makes you think. Makes you think. Make you think. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like that one. But I, I I can see where you're coming from with, the with like, the, the heavy part of the guitar in it i um i like the solo in that one the double tracking of the guitars it's kind of like you know, guitar harmony, quote unquote. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know, and I feel like the solo—that's another example of a solo that just—it fits like in the. It's like a in the context of the song. It just—it makes sense. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just makes sense. It's nothing like it. It doesn't blow you away, but that track doesn't need a face melter. True, very true. If there was a face uh-huh. melter in the middle of that song, I'd probably be like, uh-huh. it'd be kind of weird. You'd be like, uh, this isn't Stevie Ray Vaughan. I say that, but there's also so many other things on this album that that are weird the first time you hear it, and then and then you come to appreciate it. Or not even that. Maybe, maybe it's not even... ourselves, but I'm I'm gonna throw into that into that camp. I'm gonna throw Gemini's hat into the room. <laughs> what a, um, what a song! Real quick, I just wanna I just wanna just barely touch on Miss You. Um, Okay. Unless you guys want to go more into it, but I really like the rhythm and the words of the the second verse in that song. Well, I do not love you because I'm no, I would just say Well, I don't love you because I'm bored. No, I was just saying them things when I was feeling a little unsure about myself. And I'm sorry, baby, that wasn't right. But I'll have to cut it in because the way that she says it is so, like, not 
with the rhythm and it just it's like she's like actually like converse conversing uh, what did i, I just like converse. she's conversing it's like she's converse. actually like conversing <laughs> with the almost like with the listener but it's to the other person whatever the story is yeah i just i, I thought you. that was a pretty neat little part right there also according to her explanation to q magazine the song is uh like it's like a love story set about like a relationship about like people who like are addicts so i'm not really sure someone claims that according to an interview with q magazine the song is about a couple who are addicted to crystal meth <laughs> but i don't nowhere in the song did i get like addiction other than like maybe addicted to like the other person uh-huh. but i don't know i thought that i thought that was just an interesting note that i would I'd throw yeah, there there was definitely like a conflicted love vibe or like a like a back and forth kind right. of Right, it feels like maybe there's a little bit of toxicity, but uh-huh. I didn't get like drug <laughs> yeah, yeah. love kind of. So I'm you know I, you know, the song is whatever uh, technically about whatever the the writer said, but I I that wasn't what I got. <laughs> Even after hearing that and listening to it, I still didn't not sure. Not sure about that one. Uh, but now we get to get into Gemini, which is my favorite track on the album and probably top five favorite songs of all time. <laughs> Damn. I absolutely love that song. Top five of all time? Okay, that, that might be... I, I probably couldn't name you a top five. The, high, the, the highest I But just I the could, fact that you would even... The highest that. I could call would probably I could give you like a top fifty if you gave me enough time. Okay. But yes, absolutely. I this is one of my favorite songs of all time. I love that song so much. I love Elaborate. Oh, oh I will. <laughs> this is okay. So first off, I love it's like the the spacey feeling of sound and color, but like on like steroids. Like the intro just like just bare bones and then like the words throughout are like super mysterious and kind of it's like it's shrouded a little bit of like interesting mystery that makes you kind of think a little bit more about what's going on okay and then like if you if you think about it more and then look at it juxtaposed with the the actual like the mythology of like the twins who were gemini it's like it's interesting it's like a south it's like a southeastern retelling of the myth talking about like race and the tennessee sun and the mississippi river stuff like that and then 
you know, it throws in like kudzu vines and honeysuckle, mm-hmm. but also okay. like I see the darkness in you, and then you find out like Brittany, her her sister died in like 1998 from retina cancer when she was like 10, and they were kids. Okay. So like you're like, is that like? Is that the darkness that she sees in the siblings' eyes as they've grown up together in the like South Zone? They're from Georgia, by the way. They're from so she's from the South. Or no, she's from Mississippi. She's okay. from Mississippi. My bad. This is actually a correction. I do, in fact, realize that she is from Alabama. I think I got too into talking about Gemini and said Mississippi, but I did want to correct this because I am. In fact, not fully an idiot. Um, yeah, so I mean, you're like you're 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 taking like a southeastern Greek myth, kind of, and I just I love the rhythm throughout. It like the just guitar and the just really bare bones like atmospheric sound to it, and then um, specifically. I love the double tracked guitar, like it's like a solo preview that just separates the two verses. love the guitar of that and then the the later portion of the song where the actual guitar like i'm okay so i'm gonna read the the lyrics that preceded because it's sorry i i just i love this song <laughs> so much it's one of my favorites so, on the album too. yeah it, it's like it's talking about like on the planet not so far away they were born in the beginning it was just them and then they're like grow up grow up grow up we knew no fears, we grew the years, that's the growing up that we've come to love. And then, like, the, uh, before that it says, um, I looked into you, and you looked into me, and we saw in each other everything. And then, there's the guitar part, insert that right now, and then, um, verse 2, it says, on the planet not so far away, we wouldn't stay together, rolling in a dream, we'd drift apart down the stream. Um, and then it's like, I saw true you and you true me, and in your eyes, I'd see the dark inside of you, woke from a dream, pulled up like leads. And then, later on, and then it was like, it's talking about how, oh, like, in the past, I saw in you everything, everything, everything. And then they just, the guitar, there's just like a volume swell and it comes right in.
it's just like it's it's like a minute and 15 seconds of music that no matter how many times i hear it it just it routinely gives me chills while listening to that solo where it's just like the soaring guitar and then there's another one that comes in and then later on while there's there's just like the guitars are just wailing and then it's just like soaring sustain and then they just keep bringing in more and more and more it's like the it's like my senses are just get like fully saturated <laughs> like the, i can't take in any more like input from like my audio senses that, that's a, and, and that's a good way to say it because it like the the guitars yeah. start and i can't remember if they both start at the same time or just it, they don't one starts and then the other one like kind of comes yeah. in and then they start but then to, they like kind of change and it sounds like they it just sounds like they like fill up almost like it, mm-hmm. it's hard okay. to describe what that means but like you said like even even if your headphones aren't super loud it just feels like like you can't you, you almost can't focus on anything else like it's just it, j- the swell is, is so strong yeah dog all you all you can do is close your eyes and ride that mm-hmm. wave swear to god (laughs) it just it is it's like it's like your brain's ram just (laughs) fills with the sound of that and you're just like guess i gotta let it happen and then oh my god and it just it it ends with that just ringing sustain oh i love that shit man that is my bread and butter like jordan you love like harmony in music i love sustain in guitar parts (laughs) you do you do do and that that right there yeah i mean it's it's just like, I mean, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Just every standpoint is awesome. The, the songwriting in it, the guitar parts, that like just ridiculous solo. Oh, I love it. Espe- dude, especially if you've got both headphones in and you're like in the dark and you're a little bit sauce. I'm telling <laughs> you, this will take you to another planet. Like straight up. You will be on the planet that's not so far away. <laughs> like, it's, it's ridiculous how much I love that song. Especially like just cranked up in a car on a car stereo. If you're not mm-hmm. listening in headphones, you got to use a good car stereo, and you turn that shit up. Yeah, J- just a in in a way that the sound can surround you. That's the that's the exactly. way you should listen to the song. Yeah, I'll wrap you up with a warm blanket. <laughs> Jamie or er, Nick's bass boosted car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that I figured out how to yeah. how to bass boost my my speakers even more. Uh. <laughs> um. The song might not utilize yes, I, that bass, but it would it would still sound very good. Right, right. Um, yeah, and then I guess we can move on from that song. Um, now that I've gone on like a freaking eight minute diatribe about uh, it, I, I, want, I, I mean, wanted to let you roll on it because I, I knew it's I knew it was one of your favorite songs. Yeah, dude, I just yeah love that song. Um, yeah, and and over my head's really good too. Mm. I like that one. I like that one. A lot. Yeah, it. Uh... I'm in over my head. That part right there, I love that. Like the stuttering kind of. I'm in over my head. 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 I'm in over my Oh, 
Yeah, I the I, I wrote down in my notes that it the song feels like it's her her inner realist fighting with her her inner dreamer, like uh like two parts of her fighting yeah. about the situation that she's in, like knowing that she's over her uh, she's loving so deeply and she's in over her head, but she but it's it's clearly seems difficult for her to escape those emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a yeah. I uh, it's a, okay. Uh, from like a like a sonic standpoint, I absolutely love how the like first chorus ends where it's like I'm in over my head, over my head, and then it's like it's almost like if you hear like a drum beat played in reverse. That's very common in like a lot of um, like Kendrick and Kanye like backing yeah. beats. Um, really but it's like yeah but so in verse two where it starts with like signs before that it almost sounds like the music gets like sucked up (laughs) by itself and then it comes in That's what it makes me think of, like, like a riptide, like a, um, like a, like a like black hole or in, something. Yeah, or like you're in the ocean and you feel like the water pull back, but then the wave like brings it back. That from like that's what it sounds like to me from like a music standpoint, and I absolutely love that part mm-hmm. right there. And it comes in with that like cool like the like the backbeat on the drum kit right there. Oh, very good, very good. Chef's kiss. It is a it, it is a great song. With the a, a good example of that is is Lust by Kendrick. That sound is the, yeah. the reverse drum. It's very very prevalent mm. in that song. Yeah, um, Jordan, I bet you like this because I just really like it. But the no. harmonies of the like loving so deeply, I'm in over my head throughout the song. How'd you like that? No, I definitely. Again, I think it's the mixture of like the high pitched. Sorry, actually, I I mid my mic. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. I was uh, dude, just yeah, uh, just like the the again high. I was talking about the high pitch with the guitar too, and I love harmonizing, but there's something just about high pitches. I think I gravitate more than like mm. low pitch stuff. So whenever things are one high pitched and have a harmony, it just sounds like like really like really double good. Diff. Yeah, and yeah. and that's especially. In, in the lungs so deeply not not necessarily like towards the end but like there's kind of like a midsection of where that's just repeated yeah, over yeah. and over and it's it's like i'm like are there six people <laughs> singing this like it you can hear so many voices and they're yeah, also like so, they're not fully starting and stopping like yeah in I was gonna, like, synchronicity yeah I, I i was gonna say i think it's like a prominent male voice i like when he like mm-hmm. just voices and songs too kind of just there's one prominent voice that kind of takes hold and it's not even in sync with the other voices. Yeah. And it's like, it does it to like stand out on purpose right. or like make a statement with like, with like the song. But I, I think that sounds like really good. You know, they'll like, they'll, they'll hold a note for a little bit longer right. or like go a little bit higher or more intense with one like verse or something. And I think that's just, it's I just, think it's, it's, it's I think it does happen with, in the middle. Yeah. I mean, it it's, really it's just those things where you kind of, it makes you go, Oh, like, hmm. and and 
Now I'll tell you right now, I don't. I think that this may have been because this was technically like twice. I don't know what I'm trying to say. This is episode 16, so this was like half the time we've been doing this ago. So I don't know that you were able to articulate this as much, but I think that also may have been something that you liked about the RKS album, whether you knew it or not at the time. Because that's yeah, something I... that if you go back and listen to it now, <laughs> I think you'll notice it a lot more in that album. That's something that's very common throughout the album. I might, because I didn't give it a, a good... Uh... Not like a good... It was. It was not like. I mean, my you gave it a four favorite. and a half, and up until that point, I think that was the highest that you'd given an album that wasn't yours so far. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I think if you were to revisit that, you would pick up on a lot more of that, like the 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 standout harmony that you just talked about. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well then I might go re- revisit it one day because there's a the or the lead someday. guitarist. You can hear him a lot in it, and the bassist. You hear their voices like in particular quite a lot. Yeah, uh, I got you. Nah, just songs like, like there's. I don't know if you ever heard it. Hold on, I'm trying to think of the stupid song name. Oh, I'm usually pretty good with this. Oh, it's called Good Drink. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's like Good Drink, Big Knox. I put the stuff phone on the rocks. Drop top, no hot box. I don't think. So. Anyways, that song is pretty bad. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I don't really like. <laughs> I don't really like it that much, but yeah. freshman year I got recommended it. Honestly, it was it was a it was a it was on a trip and it was the mm-hmm. one of our chaperones. And dude, like every song he told me to listen to, I I end up liking because he like knew my ASP music style. Shit? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. His name was Reggie. He works at. Oh wait, you wait you you you, you guys know Reggie, don't you? The EV guy. Uh, he works at Tally. Oh, that guy. Um, kind of. I don't think Nick would. I, I never say, worked I with him, I... but like, people have pointed out there, like, oh, that's Reggie. He used to like work more with us. Okay, so I, maybe, I've maybe... seen but not talked to who you're talking about. Okay, well, he's he's so cool. I think he just got married. I remember just real real quick. He was like, he was like, yeah. I I, I think I've told you guys the story, but he was like, yeah. Um. I was I was scared about accomplishing my dreams, and so I said, "What's the worst that could happen?" And I thought, "Oh, the worst that could happen is that I'll be poor with no food." And so he fasted for like two weeks, with like nothing to eat, and was like, "Nah, like, bro, like nah." Anyone who can like do that, that, that they terrify me, <laughs> dude. He he literally was like, They're "Okay, so much to get, stronger than I am, dude." He he said he said to face my fear, I'm just gonna do the worst possible thing that could happen to me if I do this that's some david thing shit dude it was crazy and he is also like he's he, he was also he was also like if you want to get better at like like talking to people just make eye contact with random people you pass i was like okay i don't know about <laughs> i don't know about that but he was like yeah just stare at them i was like uh they might be freaked out a little bit, yeah that's but, dude, that that's that's impressive that's an impressive amount of strength that i do not possess yeah. as a person anyways he told me the listen to good drink 2.0 and they replaced the chorus of the rap like it's still rappers singing their part but the chorus is with this thing called i think trap symphony uh-huh. and it's basically just like a chorus of uh it's it's no it's, it's basically like just a a, uh, a choir and they oh. sing it and it sounds so good i'll link cool. you guys a song after this but i love harmony but yeah no anyways going back to the 
go back to the song. I did, I did enjoy it a lot, and mm-hmm. I like even like when artists, even when it's not like harmony, just when artists come in and do a little bit. Uh, it's not, it's not offbeat, but it's like it's like in the middle of everything, and they're like projecting their voice to like make it be heard. You know what I'm saying? Right, like cutting through it's the like, maze. Yeah, it's kind of like Kanye on that one song from Ye. Mm-hmm. I think it's like Yikes. That that's a little bit different yeah. than this because he's not really even singing the song. He's just kind of going on a rant. But like, if he was singing the song, that's kind of like yeah. the vibe I'm going for. I got right you. Now. I mean, and that's okay. that's like it's like the same principle that like how guitar players use like they'll they'll for like rhythm they'll play with like the bassier sound, but then if they really want to hit some solos, you switch to a pickup to where you have mostly treble because that's where it really shines through and like cuts through the mix like that so yeah i mean i get you it's like the vocal equivalent of that yeah or yeah yeah that's what i meant to say um yeah i mean that's all i have that's my you know two and a half pages of notes for the (laughs) album i got you i got you Uh, i think that's all i have also nikki anything you wanted to uh, say are we good um i guess we'll give We'll give the old ratings if you Nick, if you want to take it and enjoy them, then I'll do it and announce the next week's album. Okay. Uh, well, I always try and get my ratings on the spot because I feel like they more accurately portray uh, not my my true uh, state of feelings about the album. Uh, but I don't know, man. I feel like this this album is. Practically as iconic as Mechanical Bull is in my um, d- the discography of my upbringing. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, gotcha. What you what you cut your teeth? Yeah, on. a little bit. Um, I don't know. Let me. You know what? Uh, I'll give it. Yeah, I'll give it a ten. I think so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, Jordan. I, I was, I was, I was struggling to to justify it, but then I thought, why not? If if it if every time I see the album, I want to listen to the whole thing. Exactly. That's yeah. All right, Jordan. Jordan, take it away. Um. So as I'm like reviewing more albums too, I wish I could like go back because you know how like you're trying to compare it to other albums you cover, and you're like. Well, I like this one better than this one, so I should mm-hmm. give it a higher number. But then if you, like, kept doing that, you might find yourself, like, only giving, like, nines and tens because, like, at some point... Or, like, it'd be it'd be a lot more polarized, you know, because you're like, right, where right. do I... And that's what that's what I've, I've tried to also do that, is kind of, like, separate a little bit within yeah. reason. Like, separate it from, like, what I've given other albums. Yeah. I think I want to give this one a 5.5. Okay. 5.5. All right, and uh, then I guess that leaves it to me. Um, this album is a ten out of ten. <laughs> Absolutely, if I could give it eleven points, really? I would. You better believe. Dang, I love this album so the much. Double ten. Um, I didn't know there was gonna be two tens. On yeah, this, this is this is what? this is the first double tenner that we've got. It is. Um, so let's see where that puts it. I think it ties it for first. It doesn't put it in the lead. Yes, okay, it is tied that. with Man on the Moon for the first place. <laughs> I almost gave it a five, but then I was like, nah, we'll give it we'll, we'll, we'll give it a five five. Yeah, we'll so it is in that case it is tied for first place. Um and just tied for second place below it is 
RKS, Rage Against the Machine, and Coming Home. <laughs> Interesting. How the... We have quite we have quite the spread, honestly. <laughs> um, Tell me RKS. Yeah. So then, and RKS, like I said, I think you would score it higher. So I think you would probably be solidly well because you gave it a four and a half. I feel like you'd probably give it a five. And me and Nick gave Nick gave it a nine, and I gave it a ten. That was my first ten. Interesting. This is my second ten. Um, but next week I will announce it. We are going to be doing. We're still gonna stay on the little bit of the little bit of rock vein. Um, okay. And you like high pitch, so I'm interested to see your thoughts on this album, Jordan. But we are gonna okay. go with we're gonna we're gonna start introduce you to the blues rock side of side of music. We're gonna okay. go with uh, Soul Insight by the Marcus King Band from Greenville, South Carolina. Soul Insight. I've never heard of that. I'm not surprised. Um, it's Nick. Do you know any of their stuff? Uh, yeah, I know a couple of their songs. I've never listened to any of their gotcha. albums, but I, I know a couple of their songs. I got you. Well, I think you're oh. in for a I think you're gonna like this one. Um, yeah. Yeah. This one. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm just gonna leave it at. I'm excited. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna hear a lot of great sounds and a lot of organ, a lot of electric organ. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll touch on that next week. Um, I got you. All right. So then we'll just hit it really quick. What we what we've been listening to. Um, for me, honestly, I've listened to this album probably five or six times. I listened to Soul Insight to make sure that I still wanted to do it for next week's episode. And other than that, I've just been catching up on my podcast that I missed, like I didn't catch up on last week. I got you. Uh, I'll go. Um, I've been listening to Laugh Now, Cry Later by Drake so much this week. Like, Was that his new one? Yeah, that was his new single that we listened to in the car. With, <laughs> uh, with my brother. Yeah. Um, and like I, it didn't catch me at first, but I went back and listened to it, and I was like, "Yo, this like, I <laughs> loved it. Like, it, there's like there's the the beat is really good, and the the verses. There's this one verse, uh, that little Dirk. Is it Dirkio? Is it Dirk? Little Dirk yeah. is little Dirk. I, there, there's also a little Dirkio too, which is kind of confusing. There's so many littles. Anyways, <laughs> there's one verse where he goes. Please do not play that little boy in the club because we do not listen to rats. And like, it's about six nine, like a hundred percent. But it's just like it's just like funny to like sing out loud, you know? I don't know. That, that is funny. Um, yeah, I've been listening to some Travis Scott. I went back and listened to uh, what's that song called? Uh, Young, Wild, and Free with like Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. I don't know. I've been just I've been jamming to that this week. I don't know why. Yeah, sure. But uh, a throwback. Yeah. Was it, what was that? Seventh grade, eighth grade. I don't even know. I definitely didn't listen to it in seventh or eighth grade. I listened to it in high school because I was late to everything. But um, other than that, just again, like Lil Uzi, um, uh, like still Blueface, um, and Pop Smoke. Gosh. Yeah, that's all I've been listening to. Yeah, I, uh, I've been listening to a lot of the, the Dissect podcast this week on Spotify. And because of that, I've been listening to... Uh, to Peppa Butterfly and a lot of other Kendrick songs because I started uh, started listening to the to the first season the To Peppa Butterfly season and 
I'm also listening to the new season every week when those episodes come out. So I've also been listening to Because the Internet by Childish Game Media. And uh, I also read, I, I, I visited some old Mac Miller because I really like a lot of his new stuff, but I hadn't listened to much of his old stuff. Yeah. And I still need to listen yeah, to that. I listened to, um, to his album Blue Slide Park, and it was pretty good. Nice. Nice. Alright, well I guess we'll go ahead and uh dang, this is gonna be a long <coughs> this is definitely longest because I'm gonna have to cut in so much music. <laughs> okay. Um well then yeah, we uh we just wanna say thanks for listening and sticking all the way through this one. Um and remember to tune in next week. We're gonna be taking a look at Soul Insight by the Marcus King band. Uh be sure to check it out so you can kinda have your own thoughts and kind of participate mentally in the discussion. Um you know, feel free to either leave a comment about your thoughts on this week's album on YouTube, or you can tweet them at us. We're on Twitter at, at @listenuppod, and that account, as well as our personal handles, will be in the description of wherever you find this podcast. Um, we also ask that if you know if you enjoyed this episode, if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating or review wherever you found it, that kind of helps us out. Uh, but yeah, for now, we're gonna catch you next week, and remember to listen up. Mm-hmm.